This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. We're proud to be a part of the TalkSport Fan Network and all of these podcasts are also available on audio platforms. And I'm absolutely thrilled, literally in the last half an hour or so, this YouTube channel has just reached 100,000 subscribers. I cannot believe it. Never, ever thought that I'd be in this position, 100,000 subscribers on the channel. So thank you so much to everybody who has watched the channel over the last six years or so. Of course, it all started when I was filming at the stadium building 2017 and uh, it's got bigger and better um, every single year. And I would like to also thank every single guest that has ever appeared on this channel. And of course, you, the viewers, you, the listeners, uh, for giving so much support in the last six years. So thank you so much. Um, but in this episode of the Spurs Chat podcast, I would like to welcome Dave from Always Wolves Fan TV. Uh, he is also a part of the TalkSport Fan Network. And of course, uh, Dave, you won the best Premier League podcast award at the football content awards last year um absolute pleasure to have you here how are you i'm good mate and first of all may i say um absolutely fantastic congratulations on getting to a hundred thousand subscribers the 600 you've got today i don't know whether that's anything to do with me coming on i don't know maybe <laughs> but seriously mate we've been friends for a long time you know you're kind of like my little mentor really it's like we talk to each other a lot and i'm incredibly proud and you will be getting your gold youtube uh play thing whatever it is that they send you a little banner thing oh, what is it they send you They'll, you'll get one of them won't you it's like a youtube plaque yeah, like right. an award. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. see, like, I'm like, what? It's my little dream one day to get to a hundred thousand. We're on like thirty-one thousand something under. We're a long, long, long way away away from that. Well, I'd love to get to thirty-two, and then I'm a little bit closer. But mate, for you, I think it's absolutely fantastic. The work that you put in, um, the passion that you have for your club. I mean, you literally, if, if Tottenham Hotspur were opening a wet paper bag, you literally would be there for it, wouldn't you? I mean, come on, you go to everything. And, um, you know, you deserve it. 
you absolutely deserve it, mate. So congratulations. Thank you, Dave. And uh, I would just like to say to the uh, listeners and the viewers that uh, do check out Dave's uh, Wolves channel. It is a fantastic channel. And as I said, he won the best Premier League podcast award at the uh, at the Football Content Awards last year. So congratulations for that, Dave. Um, now, of course, we're here to talk about the Wolves v Spurs game, which, of course, will take place on Saturday at Molyneux Stadium, 12.30pm kickoff, live on TNT Sports and live on TalkSport, if you're listening on the radio. Um, Dave, let's start. Let's get straight into it. How are you feeling as a Wolves fan right now? Um, well, I'm actually feeling a lot better than I was two or three months ago because, let's face it, the summer with Wolves the turmoil, we were kind of a bit of a laughing stock, really, with everything was going. It was kind of like, you know, it was like a comedy show that was what was going on in the uh, in the summer with, um, obviously, FFP has been difficult. Um, Wolves hadn't really sold a lot of players for, for a while, so there was an FFP issue. Ne- you know, Nevis going, Matinho going, Triori going, Jimenez going, you know, Colin to enter as well. But like really, there's only around about when you actually look at it, there's only really two or three players really that were like first team players. A lot of the rest of them were sort of like periphery players and needed to be moved on. Obviously, we had the um the saga with Lopetegui twice um going um, shall we say, off on his own to to say his own things, really. I mean, he used his mate. Gulen Belagi uh, to do a couple of tweets, um, and then obviously he went and did his own little uh, interview with Gulen uh, Gillum as well uh, in a hotel at the training camp somewhere, and the, the sound quality was incredibly poor, really. Um, but he did that, and you know, I felt at the time that. You know, obviously you got some dissatisfaction, but you don't go and do that. And it just destabilises everything. Of course, Lopetegui then told Matt Hobbs, we were over in, um, went to, the, to to Dublin to watch Wolves play uh, Celtic. Interestingly enough, obviously the rearranged game. I mean, you went to South Korea the year before and it was fantastic. Wolves were supposed to be playing over there. The, it, it fell through and we ended up playing Celtic over in Dublin, which was basically a Celtic home game. And apparently yeah. Lopetegui told Matt Hobbs in the tunnel at the end of the game after that 1-1 draw uh, that he was leaving. And then, obviously, he said he'd stay on until Wolves found someone else. And then, obviously, it was Gary O'Neill uh, that eventually uh, went into. That didn't go down very well initially with the Wolves fans. It's like, Gary O'Neill. I mean, he was called a PE teacher and all sorts of things. What you know? But I think Gary O'Neill starting to change a few uh quite a few Wolves fans minds um uh, i don't know if you saw the 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 time he went on to sky recently uh the in-depth analysis that he did and the way he came across you know he's you know he's a, he's a lot more um than people initially think so you know from that point of view where we are now we're starting to get an identity we've had some a tough start to the season um we beat Manchester City because that's just how Wolves roll. You know, we beat the teams that we no one gives us any chance. And then we go and lose to Sheffield United at the weekend because they yeah. have a game. So that's like we played Huddersfield 
uh, the, the, I think the first or second year we were up, Huddersfield only won three games all season. They beat us home and away. I remember going to the McAlpine and the Huddersfield fans coming out saying, I wish we could play you every week. It's like they only won three games and two was against. That's just Wolves. And then obviously we've got um, Tottenham this weekend, which is, I mean, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Tottenham because, you know, you know, my dad, my dad's dad with the, from down that end, we, I took him to his first away match at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last season. Got with you guys in the pub, which was fantastic. I think it's great. Tottenham are doing absolutely amazing uh, the way they're playing, the difference in style this year. I'm really, really pleased for the Tottenham fans. Um, so, but then you, Wolves should have six more points on the board, Chris. VAR, Man United, first game of the season. We absolutely battered them. Um, and then they scored from their virtually only shot. We missed chance after chance after chance. And then basically their keeper, NFL tackles our, our striker, takes him out. No penalty. So we might have got a point. We should not, you know, eight times out of 10, you convert the penalty. You talk about, uh, we've then played Luton with 10 men. We still managed to get in the lead. And then the guy, there's a penalty given. It hits the guy's foot, bounces up onto his hand and they give a penalty. Oh, sorry. Apology. Shouldn't have given it. Two weeks ago against Newcastle, one all. We played really well against Newcastle. Uh, they get a penalty for for Wang um, breathing on the guy. Another one, like it shouldn't have been given. Apology. We got back into the game, got a draw. Great. And then against the Blades at the weekend, it was chucking it down with rain. It was a terrible conditions. We played. We battered them the first half. Didn't score. Second half, they 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 pressed us. Uh, they got a, a goal from the deflect. The goal deflected, and the guy hit a worldie, and uh, we got back into it. We showed character, and then ninety tenth minute of uh, <laughs> again, almost identical to the week before. Poor Fabio Silva's come on; he's in absolute bits. The young lad, uh, penalty given. They finish it. It hits you under the side of the bar as well, and goes in. Um, and Sheffield United win the game, and that's, and that's four decisions in eleven games. And and then you go back to last year, so many. So we're getting a bit fed up of VAR, mate. Yeah, but I, you talk about VAR as well <laughs> after the last game. We'll, we'll we'll come on to that, um, Dave. I want to ask you a little bit about the managers because you mentioned Gary O'Neill there. Um, you mentioned that a number of Wolves fans weren't happy with the appointment. How are they feeling now? Because I tell you what. Um, I think it's very similar that, you know, a, a number of Spurs fans weren't happy with the appointment of Postacoglu. And look what he's done, the impact that he has had at this football sub club so early on. What what have you made of both appointments at both clubs? OK, well, let's start with Gary O'Neill uh, first off. Um, yeah, I mean, when he, I mean, I must admit, when he first came out that we, don't forget we had Julian Lopetegui, you know, yeah. who, Managed Real Madrid, managed Spain, you know, took Sevilla uh, to the Champions League three years, you know, in a row, took them to the European, uh, to win the European Cup, you know, and he's a quality manager, he's a real top manager. And he came in last season when we were rock bottom before the World Cup, we had the thing and then we, we ended up being 13th in the end and he did a great job. And you think, OK, carry on this season, we'll kick in. So Gary O'Neill's coming in after Julian Lopetegui and Julian Lopetegui earned the dirty laundry. So there's a lot of target on Wolves' board uh, aimed at that in terms of what they're doing, what they're playing at. He's not happy. And, 
you have to look at it through a balanced eye. You know, you might have a point, you might have been promised something, but you, then again, FFP, we all know the situation with Everton. Um, you know, do you gamble and ignore it and then get points uh, against you? Or do you, like, try and play within the rules? And um, and then when if Everton do get their 12-point deduction, everyone's going, actually, you did the right thing. But if they don't get a hit on that, then you think, well, what's the point of FFP? You can just get round it as well. I mean, we talk about City and all of the, all of those. But anyway, back onto Gary O'Neill. So he comes in. Obviously, he's managed Bournemouth last year. He kept Bournemouth up. We had a Bournemouth fan that I did a, I don't know, like 12,000 views. This guy came up from Kirk from Bournemouth Red Army, uh, Cherry's Red Army. And he basically said Gary O'Neill was hadn't got hadn't got a clue. And people watched that. And you started the season with a tough start. We were capitulating um, in every game. We we you know we we we, we someone score against us, they score again. Obviously, people were calling after five or six games for Gary O'Neill to be sacked. I had people on my own channel saying he's, he's a PE teacher at best. He's beige. He's got no personality. He doesn't know what he's doing. They need to sack him. And I'm like saying, they're not going to sack him six games into the season when he's coming four days before the start of the season. You've got to, we've got to keep patient. Then we play Ipswich in the, um, in the Carabao. We're 2-0 up. And coasting, okay, we've made changes, they've made changes, but we tune up away at Ipswich, we're going well in the championship. And then we capitulate again uh, and lose the game 3-2, three, three, we just fall apart. I was really frustrated at that point. I said, we need to find an identity. A lot of people were calling for us to go back to a back three. Um, we had um, a suspension. We were playing Manchester City next. Tommy Doyle, who's on loan with an option to buy for Wolves, can't play. We only had two midfielders that could play through injury and stuff. So it's kind of forced in some ways to play the back three against City in some ways. And we literally play the perfect game against Manchester City. We played so well. We had an identity back to the back five and the back three. The wing-backs pushing forward, pace. And that did for City. And from that moment, from when we got the, from when City scored... We thought, are we going to capitulate again? But we didn't. We went again and we we carried on and we won the game. And then we've we've we went up until Sheffield. We were like five or six games unbeaten, beat Bournemouth away, um, should have beat Newcastle, should have beat Villa. It were going really well as well. We had a chance to to do that. So it's, we've got an identity. And Gary O'Neill then goes on to on to Sky. Uh, and a lot of you guys might have seen that. Um, I think it was Sky that he went on to, or TNT. I'm not, not sure which one it was. But he does. He, he was the guest. And he was so interesting on how he broke down a training routine and yep. then showed it into the match and how it worked. And he was so personable. he came come across so knowledgeable. And I think I was always like, you know, we've got to, stay on the fence one way or the other. We've got to give the guy a chance. We've got to stay patient. It's been a tough start. And people saying he had no personality. He showed personality. He showed past, uh, He showed uh, that he had um, a plan. He had a structure. He, he explained what he was going to do. He, either, he wants to be there and be attacking and play like this, but he adapts per team he, tactically. And um, he came across really well. And I think that interview really, and, and the results really switched a lot of Wolves fans into going, 
actually this guy knows what he's talking about you know he's he, he really is you know could be could be good and, and since then i think it's changed a lot of um I've, I've noticed the change on my channel from people going he's a pe teacher and let's sack him all of a sudden it's gone the other way and gone well actually matt hobbs who's um who oversaw the F, all the transfers and thing, and then the interview process for uh, for Gary O'Neill? You know, he looks like he could be a really good young manager, and he, you know, with the tools that we've got, and we have got a decent team, we've been doing all right. And I, I, I like him. I like I, I, I like him, and I think he's going to do okay for us. And Dave, thoughts on Postecoglou? I think you know he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? I mean. I watched that match the other night and I was just thinking, a Tottenham seriously playing with nine players and still attacking? Like, Do you know what, Dave? Postacoglu is the reason why I've just hit 100,000 subscribers. There's no doubt about that. Postacoglu um, has, has transformed this football club and uh, the amount of Australian viewers that we've now got on this channel and you know other Spurs channels, uh, of course, that they watch and listen to. Um, he's been incredible for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when he talks as well, when he comes across, he's got the Australian accent. And he, when I've watched his interviews, he never seems to look at the interviewer until right at the end. He always seems to look down and talk and then look yeah. up at the end. And he's thinking about what he's doing. And you've gone from Conte, and, um, and who was obviously mega... And Nuno. And Nuno, obviously you had Nuno before that. It never really worked out for Nuno, sadly, uh, at Spurs. Um, and then Conte, and then you've got this guy who obviously did well at Celtic. People thinking probably Celtic to Tottenham, Bournemouth to Wolves. It's like, mm, you know, it's okay. Anyone can win the Scottish League with Celtic. I mean, come on. You know, you've only got, you, you, you could probably, people will probably think that you can take a, a non league manager and they'll still win with Celtic because, I mean, who's there to play against in Scotland other than Rangers? So you, Probably the Spurs fans would probably have that mentality, what you know, in coming to Tottenham. But like, I think he's kind of, you know, turned the philosophy round of what the Tottenham fans really want. Tottenham fans want entertaining, attacking football, you know, positivity. And you know, if you're going to lose a game, but you lose a game hitting punches and you know having a go, you'd rather lose a game like that than sitting back waiting for a goal to go in at the other end. Well, Dave, let me ask you this. Have you ever been at a Wolves game at home where you've lost 4-1 and the majority of the crowd are still there singing the players' names, singing the managers' names and, uh, and, and you know, like celebrating I, like it was fair, a win? Because... I, to be fair, I, I, I have. I've, I've been at a Wolves game where we lost 6-0. Okay. And we, was, and we were, it was Southampton a few many years, a few years ago. And we were singing, we're going to win 7-6. We played, didn't play that bad. They had six shots and it all went in. And it was like, we're going to win 7-6. And it was kind of like a bit gallows, you know. But, you know, they, the players had to go. We, they just kept catching us and stuff like that. I, I mean, the game the other night, that game the other night against Chelsea, I know it's against Chelsea and, there are, you know, the Chelsea fans are cock-a-hoop with it and stuff. But, like, Jesus Christ, well, they were like... I don't know why, because if Spurs had 11 players on the pitch, there's no, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that we would have won that game. And, uh, you know, some fans still let down by both players that, that got sent off because, of course, you know, you've got to control yourself better in games like that. And I don't think there's any doubt that Spurs would have gone on to win that game very comfortably. Do you well, agree? When I was watching the first half, um, 
you know, because I was I was watching the first half and I drove back and I got to watch the second. I watched the first part of the first half and literally Tottenham were like one nil up and then they scored a second goal. Yeah. And I think at that second point, I think, oh, it's going to be like a cricket score. So, yeah. like, then I drove back and then, like, it, it, there was like five goals disallowed. There was like two sendings off. There was Madness. injuries and stuff. And, like, you're down to nine men. And with nine men, you scored after they scored 2 1. It was just offside. The, yeah, the no, yeah. That was with nine men. And yeah. then, like, you just got caught at the end a couple of times, like, the, the energy ran out and stuff. But, like, had Dyer, it was, was it Dyer that scored the disallowed goal? Yeah. Had Dyer been a little bit further back um, and scored, I think he would have probably held on for the draw at that point. But, like, Chelsea were trying to beat the high line, weren't they, over and over. And eventually, I mean, the guy that scored the hat-trick, he won't score an easier hat-trick, really, than that. Um, you know, you got behind and energy levels just got. But nine men, it was a magnificent performance. It reminded me of uh, a performance Wolves played with nine men. Um, it was in the Championship. It was against Middlesbrough, away from home. Uh, we'd um, we'd gone two nil up. Had a, we'd gone one nil up. Had a player sent off. Got two nil up. Then we were down to nine men um, for something like the last twenty five minutes. Middlesbrough scored in injury time, and like Roman Saez was planked out dead at the end of the game and stuff like that. The effort that was put in to win that game, and I thought. I thought I can see why the Tottenham fans would applaud the team off because although you lost, you were two men down and the Chelsea fans could celebrate all the like. I'm like, you're a Chelsea fan and you're celebrating that. You know, you you were you had you were you were like a man up and two men up for like nearly all the game and you only just about won the match in the last in yeah. added time. So yeah. you'd have won that game easily against Chelsea, yeah. I do not easily, I would have thought. Dave, don't give me any score predictions. We're going to save that till the end. But I just want to know, are you feeling confident playing Spurs this weekend? Um, confidence wouldn't be the word I would use, um, <laughs> to be honest. I wouldn't use the word confident because this is a, gra- this is a really good Spurs side. Um, and, you know, you've got to admire the way that Spurs have, have played. But... I do think um, Wolves. I'm 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 optimistic. Is probably the word. I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm confident. Okay. I, I do think. I've, I mean, I've I've seen your uh, prediction on on the channel that I've done. What you sent over to me, and I can understand why you'd say that. But like, I I am I'm optimistic. We'll get. We can get a result against yep. against you at the weekend, and I'm sure we'll cover the reasons for that in a bit. We will. Um, let's have a look at the league table first. Um, of course, Spurs go into this game against Wolves on Saturday in second spot in the Premier League table. We've played 11, we've won eight, we've drawn two, we've lost one. We have a goal difference of plus 10. We have 26 points, just one point uh, away from league leaders and champions Manchester City. Uh, going into this game, Wolves are currently 14th in the table. They have played 11 one three, drawn three, lost five, have a goal difference of minus five. They have 12 points. Now, Dave, you mentioned a couple of these games, but I'm going to go through game by game because uh, obviously not a lot of Spurs fans cover Wolves in great detail. Now, the opening weekend of the season, I think it was actually uh, Monday night um, football, 
Manchester United away, you lost 1-0, um, followed by another defeat against Brighton at home, 4-1. Uh, you then got your first win of the season in the Premier League against Everton away, winning 1-0. Then you lost the next two games, Crystal Palace away and Liverpool at home. So that was four defeats in the first five Premier League games. Then a 1-1 draw um, away at Luton, as you mentioned earlier. And then you beat Manchester City, the champions 2-1 at Molyneux, followed by uh, another home game against Aston Villa, drawing 1-1. Two great results there, uh, in my opinion, four four points. Uh, and then you won uh, 2-1 away uh, at Bournemouth, of course, Gary O'Neill's uh, former club. Um, and then followed by a home game against Newcastle, where you drew 2-2. And most recently, uh, you lost 2-1 away at Sheffield United. Now, when I look at those uh, results, the last three home games, um, Manchester City, you beat, and then draws against Aston Villa and Newcastle. You must be delighted as a Wolves fan to see that the fact that you can beat the champions Manchester City with the quality that they've got, and of course, coming up against Pep Guardiola, and then, of course, draws against uh, Aston Villa and Newcastle, where you mentioned earlier you might have turned those uh, draws into wins at home. Um, probably that fills you with a little bit of confidence, doesn't it, going into this game against Spurs? Yeah, it does. And I feel like Wolves have got um, we've got an identity now. I think Gary O'Neill's had time to assess the squad. Um, I mean, the games, like I said, the game against Manchester United, we've covered that off. You know, we should have won that game, to be fair. we I mean, it's first match of the season. I think most people would have watched that. And Wolves were way the best side. And we've gone to gone on to see the United results and how vulnerable United are this season. But we, we didn't get the penalty. Against Brighton, we weren't that bad. I mean, like, we, we had 1-0 behind and we had two one-on-ones uh, to equalise. And um, and then they we had a really bad start at the start of the second half and chasing the game and they punished us. Um, so, but this is what I was t- talking about. These periods of the in the game where we tend to sort of capitulate early doors. Now we seem to he seems to switch now to a, a like a three four three formation or a three a, a, a three five two at times or you know. Um, all that sort of system, and it, and it, it can interchange with and without the ball to a back four to a back five, depending on on the opponent. And there seems to be much more of an understanding within the team of what Gary O'Neill wants us to do. He's even come out and said it's going to take a little while for even things now, like are not. It's going to take a while for him to fully understand it, how to react. And the one thing he was frustrated about with the Sheffield United game, because we were so much in control of that game, that. Although he's on the sideline, they didn't react to the changes that Sheffield put in the second half. And, we're, you know, they've got to learn to be on the pitch to go, ah, oh, we, we know what to do here. We'll switch to this and on the thing. And so that's good. But, like, um, we've, we've got an identity. I, you know, it's been, it's, I'm a lot more positive because it, it was, as I say, during the summer with everything that was going on, it was, there's so much negativity. You will know in the press. Who's going to get relegated this season? Our Wolves are going to get relegated this season. They're going to go down. You know, they're, they're in disarray. Can I ask, where are Wolves at the moment? Because is it a team that is just fighting against relegation and right. you'd be happy just finishing right. above the relegation zone? Is it is it to finish mid-table? Will you be happy with that? Or is it next up now under Gary O'Neill to then push for a European spot? Is that is that the is is that the goal? Um, well, I, I, in terms of like our Wolves, you know, like just going to hopefully fight and scrap relegation. 
Um, I think you okay with 14th in the table with 12 points. We should be eighth or seventh in the table with 18 points because of the points that we've we've lost. But you can't get them back, and it does feel like. Every decision that we get, you think with VAR and things, refereeing decisions, they even themselves out. But this has been going on for 18 months with Wolves. A lot of Wolves fans seem not there's some vendetta with the Premier League to try and get us relegated because, for whatever reason, because we keep getting these results. And even the most staunch uh, fan of every other club must turn around and go, Bloody hell, Wolves have had some rough calls this season. I mean, you know, four penalty decisions that have gone. Had not gone our way on VAR and, and they've been got wrong. It's like Howard Webb has his own flipping car parking space at Compton Training Ground with the amount of apologies he's had to come and give us. But no, I think um, I think this is a team that's evolving. Um, I think it's a team that's still learning. I think it's a team that's got uh, has, has got quality within it. Uh, I think it's a team that seems together for me. They seem to be fighting for the manager. They seem to be liking Gary O'Neill. Um, he seems to be someone that's learning about his team. And it seems to be a team as well that if they in adversity, if they do go down, they've got some fight to come back into it, whereas early doors we, we weren't. And I think he's, I, I, you know, I mean, my dad was getting carried away the other day. He was like going, oh, we can finish top four. I'm like, dad, come on. But he is 86 and he was excited and after what the way we played against Newcastle and stuff like that. And had we had the points and we had the extra six points, you could be you could be you could be arguing that. Realistically, this season for Wolves, we finished thirteenth last year. So with everything that's happened, if we finish higher than thirteenth, with everything that's happened in the summer, all the ingoings and outgoings and stuff like that, that probably would be progress. But I can I think Wolves can push top half. Maybe if we can get a run together, push higher, it's going to be difficult. If we push, if we finish above thirteenth, and if we can push into the top half, then that's certainly a season of progress. And if we can have a good cup run as well to go with that, and why not? Then I, I think that's more than acceptable. What we don't want is to be in and around that relegation area, fighting relegation again. We want to be well clear of that, and yeah. then carry. You know, there'll be some movement in January. And then we've got next summer again to 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 go and try and improve again. You, you you you've got to you know we've gone backwards the last three years. We've gone backwards. We were seventh and seventh, and we've gone backwards. That's, in my opinion, the board probably hasn't you know bought the right players. There's been mistakes that have been made. There's been changes in terms of the sporting director. You know, a, a bit too much reliance on. Uh, Mr. Mendes and people like that. Wolves have moved away more from George Mendes, and now they're bringing in like Kuna Brazilian, Joe Gomez, Tommy Doyle uh, from Manchester City, who when we buy him will be five million. Mario Lamina, you know, he's been an absolute revelation. He was, I mean, the, the friend of mine was saying the Southampton fans can't believe it's the same player that they had like six years ago, but he's gone away and grown up and matured, and now he's come back, and he's such a great player for us, and. Um, you know, we've got um, Wang has scored six goals. I mean, that's going to be like the South Korea derby at the weekend, isn't it? Like, uh, them Absolutely. Two, two together. He scored six goals. He's already scored more goals than he did last season and had two assists. But the big loss for us is Pedro Neto. Yeah. Pedro Neto is a massive loss because he is, he is going to be world-class. He is. He's so good. And, of course, well, he's out. 
How much of a big, big miss is he going to be, Dave? Because when I look at the assists uh, charts, Madison's got five this season, who has been absolutely brilliant for Tottenham. Uh, Neto's got seven. That is going to be a huge loss for you. It's a massive loss, mate, because the thing with Pedro Neto, he struggled with his injuries. He had two uh, ACLs that he had to come back with his comeback. Uh, and he was like fully flying. And to be fair, at 2-2 against Newcastle, when he got his injury, he was he, we went we had a four on three on Newcastle, 10 minutes to go, and he's surging forward. And then his hamstring goes and he goes down. We, you know, we had an overlap on that, even on that thing. We, you know, I think if he'd stayed on the pitch, we'd have beat Newcastle. He goes down, uh, it, and there's obviously there's three different grades of, of tear for hamstring. There's ones, two, and threes. I think it's a one or a two. Funnily enough, last night, mate, I'll show you this little pic. Um, I was at uh, I was at Molyneux last night, and um, I had a little chat with uh, Pedro Neto and Matthias Tuna. It was a, for a foundation thing. I did speak yeah. to uh, I did speak to Pedro and asked him, and he says hopefully he'll be back soon. So uh, I think he'll be back hopefully soon after the international break, but obviously not for tomorrow. But Matthias Kuna is another one to watch out for because he can run with the ball, um, and uh, he's quite talented. He's quite expensive uh, that we bought him for. It was Lopetegui's top target, Kuna. Both really nice guys last night that attended the Wolves Foundation event. Um, but he's a big miss for us, Pedro Neto, without a shadow of a doubt, because he can single-handedly create carnage. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Dave, any other team news ahead of the game? And uh, also I wanted to ask you what it's like having Matt Doherty back at the club. Matt Doherty, uh, you know, Mac Doherty's, uh, what I would say, is a solid, solid player. He, he, is, he hasn't been starting for Wolves. Uh, he's come back to Wolves as an option. Um, I think Mac Doherty plays better in a, uh, a sort of a wing-back role than a, than a straight full-back role. He's always got a knack of coming up late, uh, you know, turning up late. And he did score some goals for, for Tottenham as well uh, at times. But yeah, Matt Doherty, you know, you're going to have Samedo that starts on that side, Nelson Samedo, and um, Matt Doherty's kind of behind him. So he hasn't played that much for Wolves. But like, we got him on, we sold him to you guys for like £18 million. Thanks very much. And we got him back for nothing. So that's yeah. a good deal, isn't it? I think it says it all, though, when you say he's not in the starting eleven at the moment. Um Let's also mention Nuno. He, he recently got the sack in the Saudi Arabian League as uh, manager of El Itihad. Were you surprised by that one? Um, I am surprised, but I have some insight on why that might have been. Um, 
Benzema. No, that knows, yeah, Benzema. Um, obviously, he won the um, he won the uh, the championship with them last year in Saudi Arabia. First time they'd won it in fourteen years. Fantastic. Uh, they've sacked him, but um, I don't think uh, Nuno wanted Benzema. Benzema is a big star. He didn't really, uh, from what I'm told, Nuno didn't want him. Uh, not really fitting in the style of how he wanted to play. Benzema is their big star, so they decided to keep him and boot yeah. Nuno out. Nuno's gone. He's left. He's like going to be walking out with a few more million pounds. Uh, he'll sit in Portugal, play a bit of golf, and someone will come in for him and he'll do a good job for someone. I just, I, I just don't think Tottenham was the right job for him at, the, the, at that time. To be fair, I just it was always on a hiding to nothing, really. But Nuno is a good manager and he will pop up somewhere else and he'll do really, really well. He won't be short of offers, that's for sure. He might end up back at Wolves, Dave. Mate, the Wolves fans would have had him back as well. You know, like last year, there's a lot of clamoring. I mean, he's much, he is really, really revered at Wolves. Um, yeah. Let's face it, he took us from nowhere in the championship, took over and got us 100 and how many points running away with the championship, two seventh place finish, a, a, you know, quarter final against Sevilla, Lopetegui Sevilla in the uh, the Europa League. And Jimenez misses his first ever penalty in that match to go 1 0 up. We didn't lose when we were leading. Um, you know, and then the pandemic, pandemic came along and it kind of messed it all up. And then I think there was a little bit of a falling out between the chairman and Nuno, because he wanted the the investment to kick Wolves on, and it didn't come. And you've seen how Wolves have regressed since he left. So he's he is much loved at Wolves, and maybe one day he might come back. I don't know, but um, there'll be a lot of Wolves fans that would welcome him back. I know the Tottenham fans wouldn't, but like he did a lot for Wolves, and he'll always be loved for that. Dave, team news for Spurs. We're still waiting for updates on Van der Ven. Um, Van der Ven's expected to be out for the next. A uh, couple of months. He's he's meant to be having a scan in the next forty eight hours. We're also waiting on uh, confirmation about James Madison, but I expect him to be okay, and I expect him to play in this game on Saturday. Ben Davis was called up uh, for the Wales squad today, um, so I'm expecting him to come in at left back because, of course, Destiny Doggy is suspended after receiving a red card on Monday evening against Chelsea. Christian Romero will miss the next three games against Wolves. Aston Villa and Manchester City. Um, so the other team news for Spurs, Richarlison, who, of course, uh, undergone surgery today. Uh, he's going to be out for a number of weeks. Sessignon is still out. Perisic is still out, as is Solomon. Um, I expect Eric Dyer and Emerson Royale to play in the centre. Although um, Postacoglu does like um, pace um, at the centre of defence. So Phillips could make his first start in the Premier League for Spurs. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, my predicted lineup, and I'll get yours right at the end of the show, Dave, uh, but my predicted lineup for the Spurs team is Vicario in goal, the back four of Davis, Dyer, Emerson, and Poro. In midfield, Saar, Madison, and Basuma, and up front, uh, Kulusevsky, Son, and Brennan Johnson. Um, Dave, head-to-head in the Premier League, the, the, the clubs have played a total of 18 times, six Wolves wins, nine Spurs wins and three draws. The last four games over the last two seasons, in August 21, Spurs beat Wolves 1-0 at Molyneux with Deli Ali scoring. 
February 2022. Wolves beat Tottenham 2-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Jimenez and Dendonka scoring. Uh, in August 22, Spurs beat Wolves 1-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with Harry Kane scoring. And most recently, earlier this year, March 23, Wolves won Tottenham 0 under Antonio Conte with a Traore goal. Um, when you think of those 18 games in the Premier League, Dave, against the two sides, any favourite um, memories? Oh, mate, I mean, I've got one. I mean, it, the, the, the my favourite one, really, was the uh, the 3-2. Uh, well, I knew you were going to say that. that. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, I mean, we've had a good record re recently since we got in the Premier League at Tottenham. It's like yeah. every team seems to have a bit of a bogey team when the thing, and Wolves have seemed to have done quite well when they've gone to Tottenham. Interestingly enough, though, I mean, you know, half of the 18 Premier League meetings between Wolves and Tottenham, have actually been won by the away side. Yeah. Uh, there's only the Leicester against Manchester City, uh, which is 54%, has been more off, won more often by the away side. So it does tend to, it's it's usually like on, on, you know, the home team that tends to have the advantage. But like, it seems like it. it's one of them games which you can never really call between Wolves and, uh, and Tottenham. So it's going to be, uh, you know, Tottenham will go there knowing that the away team uh, often wins. Um, but, like, for me, the 3-2 victory um, with Jimenez scoring that winner and Jota when we had him, Jota and Jimenez, bloody hell, when they were on fire at, the, at that time, that was that was a great victory because we, I think we were 2-1 down in that game and we came back and won 3-2 and it was, uh, it's always nice when you get a comeback away win, isn't it? So that's my yeah. favourite. What's your favourite? Any win, Dave. Any win. I always answer that. A a any win. Any win. That's what I'll take. Um, but I, like, like we said earlier, I like to see entertaining football. Spurs fans love to see entertaining football. And I think that the Wolves fans certainly, and I said this on your preview, uh, the Wolves fans will certainly see a different Tottenham to what they have done in, in, in previous seasons, particularly under Jose and Nuno and uh, Antonio Conte, because this is a different type of team this is a different setup and Poster Coglu has just set this team up to entertain and play fast attacking football and uh, the thing that I am a little worried about is the fact that we are going to have three of our back four out for this game so it's how we adapt it is how that those players that come in um, you know, come in and grab their chances because that's what it's all about. When 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 a player is out injured or suspended, it's about those players coming in and grabbing their opportunity. Um, talking about um, chances created per match so far in this Premier League season, Wolves one point four five to Tottenham's two point two seven. Um, average goals scored per match this season, Wolves one point two seven to Tottenham's two point zero nine. Uh, average goals conceded per match this season, Wolves 1.73 to Tottenham's 1.18. And top goal scorers so far this season, Hunmin Son has been on absolute fire. As you said, Dave, the South Korean derby this weekend, Wolves v Spurs. Son's got eight goals so far. Chan has got six. Um, what have you made of the appointment of Hunmin Son as Spurs captain? I think that's a good thing. I think he's deserved it. I think, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's showing leadership by how he plays on the pitch. He's been at Tottenham for a very, very long side, long time. He's played alongside Harry Kane very, very closely. I think, uh, you know, I mean, you could have looked at the likes of Eric Dyer, I suppose, that could have been handed the uh, the captain armband. But I think, um, I, th I don't think, I, th I think the fact that they're getting the results and the way they're playing and the way he's leading on the pitch by leading the line and, and leading the team, I think it's obviously been a, uh, the right decision. 
and he clearly is embracing that. So, yeah. David, I don't know whether you've seen it, but earlier today, the Daily Mail have reported that the game will make Premier League history with body cams being worn for the first time. Um, a player from each side will wear one in the warm-up. Uh, the partnership is between TNT Sports and the Premier League. Um, Dave, just want to get your score predictions for this weekend's games, because, of course, a lot of games are taking place. We'll leave the score prediction uh, for the Wolves v Tottenham game right to the end. So let's start with Arsenal v Burnley. Who do you think will win that one? Well, that, I think that's a real tough call, that one is. Uh, Arsenal 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw, Dave. I thought you might, but... Yeah, <laughs> Crystal Palace v Everton. Um, I think Palace will win that 2-0. It's a funny one with Everton. You never know what you're going to get with them. Um Crystal Palace, I think, will probably edge it 2-1. Um, Manchester United v Luton. And what have you made of Manchester United this season? I, I find it quite amusing. Man United. Um, you know, I, 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 I just hope they just finish about 10th. I'd love that. Um, and I really hope that Luton go out, go there and go, get a draw. So I'm going to go 1-1. But it'd be nice if Luton can sneak it 2-1 because that would be fun, even funnier. So, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go with 1-1. I think Manchester United are having a real tough time at the moment. And uh, I don't know how much time Ten Hag is going to get at Old Trafford. Um, there just don't seem to be any leaders on the pitch for me uh, at Old Trafford right now. Um, and Bournemouth v Newcastle. I think, um, you know, Bournemouth will have a go again. But I think Newcastle will, will probably win that game. I'm thinking probably they'll win it. Maybe give Bournemouth a goal. What, uh, it'll be 3-1 to Newcastle. Yeah, I think Newcastle will win that comfortably, 3-0. Um, do you think Newcastle will finish in the top four? I think they might just miss out this year because I think uh, I think Tottenham are bang on for a top four finish. I think Arsenal will finish in the top four. I think probably Liverpool and City. I don't. Um, so I think they'll probably finish outside personally. I just think I just don't think, especially losing uh, that midfielder. I know they're trying to get Neves back from uh, Saudi Arabia, apparently. Uh, but isn't there a vote taking place today on a ban on that being able to happen? Yeah, it'd be interesting. So yeah, I, 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 I think Newcastle probably will finish outside the. T I think they've. I think I think it's helping Tottenham as well this year that they haven't got any other distraction as well, really. So I think that's uh, that's helping Tottenham this year, and they're making the most of it. I think you'll have plenty of distraction next year because I think you'll be going on. I think you'll be uh, burning holes in your pocket again, Chris, travelling around the world. I tell you, I've really, really missed those European nights this yeah. season. Yeah, really missed it. I, I didn't ask you uh, when we went through um, Tottenham. Um, do you see Spurs as title contenders? Because no one was talking about Tottenham when Postecoglou was appointed. A lot of fans. Uh, you know, we want progress. I think that any European football next season will be progress under Postacoglu because he's certainly got this team playing entertaining football that we've mentioned already. But do you, as a Wolves fan, an outsider, do you think that Spurs are good enough to challenge for the Premier League title? I think we're 11 games in, into, the, into this season. I think you've had a fantastic start. Um, I think the fact that you are, you know, nine men... Um, Sending off away from being top of the table at this point in time because, like, I was really hoping you'd, you you wouldn't lose against Chelsea because I was thinking it's 
you know, we want to top and tail it with Wolves loose, give the team that hasn't won, let them beat us and then beat the team that hasn't lost the following week because that would just be Wolves, but you lost. But I think he'd be two points clear at the top now if it wasn't for the fact um, of what happened the weekend. I think no one can turn around and say that Tottenham Hotspur are not title contenders because after 11 games, you're, you're second and you're right in the mix. And if you continue in that vein over the course of the season, you're going to be there or thereabouts. I don't think City are quite as strong as they were. Um, I think Arsenal, you've got to say Arsenal, you know, have proved Liverpool are going to be there about. Tottenham have just like taken a gigantic leap forward this year. So for me, yeah, Tottenham Hotspur are title contenders, but the proof will be in the pudding. Over, I mean, you saw Arsenal last year, they faded towards the end, how they yeah. deal with adversity. And I do think that this weekend's fixture is a very big barometer on on where Tottenham will eventually finish because you have got some issues. You are playing away to Wolves um, who can get these type of results, you know. So I think it's how the squad copes with those sort of issues. Like Man City will turn up and they generally will still roll people over no matter what happens. I think it'll be an interesting barometer this weekend to, to see whether you where you I think you'll finish top four and I'd love you to win the I'd really I'd love you to win the, the title. My, and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. I mean, you know, my dad, my granddad's dad, they're from Kent and down there, he, you know, it's kind of always been his like second team. I like Tottenham. Uh, I I've got a lot of time for you. And I don't want Man City bloody winning the title again. So please win I'd love it if you could win it. But it's gonna be it'd be amazing if you did. It'd be like uh it won't be quite on par of Leicester, but it will be unexpected, should we say, from, from what most people would have thought. But yeah, you can, and you are in a title race at this point. It's been a great start, Dave, but I tell you what, I'm not getting carried away. I'm really oh. enjoying it, but I'm not getting carried away. Have you watched many Spurs games this season? Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed watching Tottenham. I mean, like, obviously, when they're on the TV and it's not clashing with the Wolves or I've got the time, I'll sit and watch it. I've enjoyed watching it. You know, I mean, the football that you've been playing, there's a real vibe about... There's a, there's a spring in Tottenham fans' steps this year. It's like listening to the to the Tottenham fans singing, we've got our Tottenham back. As a fan of any club, that's what you want, to yeah. be able to turn up to a match and go into that game knowing what you're going to get, having an identity, knowing you're going to be entertained and if you're scoring goals and winning, even better. But like I say, it, the, the, the Tottenham fans were incredible the other night. Even losing to local rivals Chelsea, who, yeah, they were celebrating like they'd won the bloody Champions League. It's like, hello, you just beaten a nine-man Tottenham just just about. You know, it's like, if you celebrate that, you know, if you want, you, you know. I'd love it if Chelsea finish outside the blooming top seven as well. That would be quite good. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's great to see the Tottenham fans enjoying their football. And, you know, you've got a great stadium. You've got a great uh, fan base. You've got a lot of great history. And it's about time Tottenham Hotspur, you know, won something. So, why not? That's why I love having you on this channel, Dave. You, you talk like a Tottenham fan sometimes. Let's have a look at uh, Sunday's fixtures. Uh, Aston Villa v Fulham. Uh, what have you made of Aston Villa so far? Because, of course, they recently lost to Nottingham Forest, which was a bit of a shock result, really. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a shock result, wasn't it? But Forest are always, a, you know, at their home ground. They're quite raucous. They're new into the Premier League. They've got a passionate fan base. So, you know, they can get these results a bit like Wolves can get these results. Forest are very similar in that. Villa have done fantastic under Unai Emery since he's started and since he's yeah. come. You know, they're, you know, they're kind of our local rivals, really. I mean, Baggies, the, the West Birmingham Baggy Birds uh, are like really our main rivals and obviously Villa's Birmingham. But... We had that battle in the championship. They've come on and they're doing great. And, um, you know, they're a good side. Bill, I have a feeling they'll probably uh, win that game 1-0 uh, against Fulham. But they're very good at home. They're very good at home. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Villa win against yeah. Fulham. Um, Brighton against Sheffield United. And what, what what have you made of the job that the Zerbi has done there? Because Brighton seem to always be selling their best players, their best stars, but then they buy... Uh, remarkably well again, and uh, and they and they go again, and and Deserby seems to always get results there. It, yeah, what they do, Brighton, are, 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 you know, we said last year that they're a club that where we want to be, they're kind of where we we need to be. They're very well run on the field and off the field. They've got a manager that's you know they've got an identity. They play great attacking football. They're positive. Yeah, they'll get caught every so often, um, but like they're a team. That they seem to have a great recruitment strategy that's working for them, and mm. um, you know they're they're doing a doing a great job, and I think they'll turn Sheffield United over quite easily at the weekend. I'm thinking a three or a four four nil for Brighton for that. On Sheffield yeah. United, no disrespect to them, they're not very good, mate, at all. And like we did lose to them, I know, but we should have been three up at half time, and then the rain came down, and then they oh, and then we you know we we still nearly got a draw, but like. Yeah, I think Sheffield United, they battle, but away at Brighton, I can't see her getting anything out of that. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Brighton win. Um, Liverpool-Brentford, Dave, do you see Liverpool as title contenders? Um, I don't think Liverpool are title contenders, no. I, I don't think... I don't... I, I think Klopp's a good manager, and I think... It obviously depends on how they strengthen in uh, in January, but they could be losing Mo Salad. Mo Salah to Saudi, couldn't they? I mean, they, they could cash in on that money. I don't know. I think Liverpool will probably finish in the top four, but I, I don't, I can't, I just don't see them winning the title this year now. So, your score prediction for that one? I think it might be two-one Liverpool. I think Brentford will give them a game. They, they always tend to Brentford, you know. Uh, but I think Liverpool will win the game. I'm going to go for a one-one draw. West Ham v Forest. I think that'll probably be a goalless draw. <laughs> <laughs> An exciting game. Um, yeah. I'm going to go for a 2 1 West Ham win. And finally, the late kickoff uh, at Stamford Bridge uh, Pochettino v Pep Guardiola, Chelsea against Manchester City. Um, well, I think Chelsea will be well up for it. Um, I... I think Man City will probably go there and win, but Chelsea have been, they seem to be in a bit lucky at the moment. So I'll, go, I'll just go 2 2 because that'll help you if that's the, the score. So wink, wink. We'll go for a, we'll go for a draw. Yeah, sadly, Dave, I think Manchester, Man, well, I say sadly, uh, I, I love to see Chelsea get beaten. So I think Manchester City uh, are too strong and I think they're going to win that. Um, who, if I asked you now, predict who is going to win the Premier League, are you going to go with City? Mate, um, 
I think no one can ever bet against City, but like I literally don't want them to win. So I'm not going to make a prediction. But if there's a, if there's a team that I want to win the Premier League, then I hope it's you guys. Why not? What about the three teams to get relegated? I think um, I think Sheffield United will go down. I think um, probably uh, Luton will go down, but I hope they stay up. Uh, I'd love Luton to stay up. I think Burnley, surprisingly enough, are. Um, I thought they did. Everyone thought they were going to do so well, and they're they're really yeah. struggling. But yeah. I, I, you know, and Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth could go as well. I think it's going to be any three from Luton, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Burnley. And um, if there's one team I'd kind of like to go down, it'd be Everton. Why? When they're going to be moving in their brand new stadium? Uh, no, listen, there's nothing against Everton fans or anything like that, but they're a bit like Coventry City. They keep managing to somehow survive and they got going and they keep going, we've been in the Premier League for like 57 years and never done yeah. and never gone to it's like have a taste of life in the championship. Like, you know, it'll do you good. Then you'll appreciate you'll come back. But they need to have a little bit of taste of life down there because it's 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 tough. And look, you know, they keep saying they're too good to go down. I think they probably will stay up because Sean Dyche manages to to do a what, but like, and it'd be a great stadium in the championship. Um, but like, if Everton do get the 12 point penalty, which they should do, I mean, let's face it, how can they not when they spent 560 million and it's like, oh, well, there's got to be allowances for COVID? It's like you've broken FFP by so far, and if they, they don't throw the book at them, what is the point? So, if Everton do get their 12 point deduction, I can see Everton. Uh, going down and um, you know it might be about time for them to have a little bit of taste of uh, that and I, I don't dislike the Everton fans or anything like that they're good fans and stuff I just think it's about time they had a taste of life in the championship and then they come back come back and re really appreciate you know being in the Premier League because like when you've been in the Premier League for so long sometimes you take it for granted and we were we were at the Premier League for years at the top division and like so being in the Premier League, it, it's great to be there. But we want a team that's competing. You don't just want to survive. You wanna you wanna compete. And I think feel like Everton are just surviving. They're like they need to be put out of the misery, bang, down, you know, go down for a bit, put to sleep, and then they can come back up. I've got to say, Dave, every single time I've gone to Everton, um, an extremely friendly club, um, I've got a lot of time for Everton. Um, when, I've got when a lot Wolves... of time for Everton as well, but I like, I just think it, I just think it'll be good for them in the long run. They can rebuild yeah. a lot from the Championship. I mean, look at Leicester this year; they'll probably come come back stronger. But I think Luton, I think they'll probably Luton, Bournemouth, uh, Burnley. Uh, Sheffield United, Everton, one of them. But I think if Everton get the deduction, which they probably should have, I mean, the, I think the reason why I think I'm, I'm thinking because they've spent so much money and, and they've clearly broken FFP when a club like Wolves have sold so many, 140 million this year, that I don't think you, you can you can expect not to get uh, penalised if you don't play by the rules. And if you can, if they're not playing by the rules, then they shouldn't be here. 
So, you know, you've got eventually it catches up with you. So, you know, that's why I'm saying that. Dave, I know you go to every home game and most away games as a Wolves fan. You're like me, travelling all over the place. Um, did you go to the away game against Luton? And if you did, what did you make of that away end? Mate, mate, listen, I could not get a ticket for Luton. I mean, the way it works with Wolves is gold and silver away tickets. Gold always get first dibs. Silver get, like, second dibs. With, and then, like, I class myself as bronze because I've got, like, the maximum points. So, like, I didn't get a ticket for Luton. Uh, I had a few of my people that went there because I wanted to walk over the gardens, mate. And, you know, you could have climbed over a couple of fences, I tell you that. And no, so I didn't go to Luton, no, sadly. But I would have loved to go. And I'm like, Luton, you know, they've got Rob Edwards, who, um, you know, was a come through as a coach at Wolves, you know, so yeah. a, lot, a lot of time for them. And I mean, what a story that is for Luton, you know, they're going all the way down to. Uh, non-league and then coming all the way back up to the Premier League. It's an incredible story. And if they stay yeah. up this year, what um, what a fantastic story that will be. They can stay up. It's going to be tough. But you see a Luton side that at their, at their place, they're no mugs. You know, it's tight ground, old ground. But Luton, um, you know, they, they're going to put a fight. But they just probably, they'll succumb in the end, won't they? I think. But it'd be great. If they, it'd be a great story if they stay up. Yeah, they've done some good work at their stadium as well. But it's uh, it was a very strange game in that away end, I must say. Um, Dave, finally, um, your predicted lineup uh, for Wolves uh, against Spurs on Saturday and your score prediction. So, um, Jose Sarr in goal. Um, it will be Kilman, Dawson and Totti Gomez as a back three. We shall have Aitnori and Nelson Semedo, uh, probably as the wing-backs. Uh, I'll think he will go with definitely Mario Lamina, who you're going you're gonna to be impressed with him at the weekend. Uh, Mario Lamina, he's absolutely brilliant. And then it's like a toss-up, who he plays with him. He played Tommy Doyle the last couple of games. He played really well when he came on against Bournemouth. He's played Bubakar Traore before, but, or he could play Joe Gomez. He could come in. He's a bit of like, you know, Joe Gomez is a real tackler in midfield as well. So I'm not sure who he'll play alongside Mario Lamina, but it'll be one of them three. Um, he played um, Sasha Kalajic through the middle with Kuna moving out to the side and Wang on the other side at the weekend. But I think his front three will be uh, Wang, Hichan Wang. Definitely. Um, I think he will be playing. Uh, I think he'll go back to playing uh, Matthias Kuna through the middle. And I think he will bring Bellegarde in, who came on late. He, he'd been a bit of injury. He can run with the ball. He's, talent, he's, he's a good little talent. He looks good. Hasn't played much because he got suspended uh, for that little silly kick that was nothing, really. It was a nothing thingy when the guy caught him like that and then he kicked him away and he got a red card for it and then he got yeah. an injury so he hasn't played a lot but he's a good player uh he scored the goal against Sheffield United I think he'll play him um and I think you'll see the likes of um Sasha Kalajic that will come on probably 30 to 20 minutes to go and Sasha Kalajic is he's, he's tall he's like six foot eight 
he's not a one-trick pony. He's good. He's good on the floor as well, and he's come on and scored some important goals for us. So, but I think he'll go with that. That that that's where I think the team will probably be. I think Wang, Kuna, and Bellegarde, and then you'll bring the likes of Sasha Kalaji to off the bench. Uh, you might see Doc that comes on for the last five minutes to nod in a winner or something like that. At the end. Score prediction. So, my score prediction for this game is going to be Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1. I think Wolves, um, I think, I don't know, I just think Wolves, uh, the way we've been playing at home, I think that Gary O'Neill's going to look to exploit Tottenham's high line. And I think we've got the players to do it. With Wang, especially, he's lightning fast. Is lightning fast, and as long as he makes the runs, and you've lost two of your central defenders, and you've got they're a bit slower and stuff like that, I think he will have watched uh, a lot of Tottenham, and I think if you play such a high line, there's an option for Wolves to to really. I just wish we had Pedro Neto as well, because if we had Pedro Neto, I'd be really confident. But I, I, I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll sit. Uh, and we'll pick our time a bit like we did with City, and then we'll go. And I think we'll catch you. That's why I think we'll uh, we'll get the win two one. Do you know what, Dave? On your preview, I actually said that Spurs would win two one, but I've changed my mind. I'm going to go for a four three Spurs win. I think there's going to be goals in this game. You, you just said it. You know, lightning quick um, against our defence, where of course we're having to change three of our four. Uh, you know, the back four. Um, we, we know that Spurs can score goals. Winmin Son's on fire at the moment. Kulisevsky, we know that can score goals. Brennan Johnson's a threat as well. Uh, Madison, who of course, has been brilliant. I'm going to go for a 4 3. I'm going to go for a seven goal thriller at Molyneux. Um, I think it'd be interesting you know, to see whether Madison's fit. You said you yeah. think he's going to be fit. What's, what's his injury? He went off injured just before half time against Chelsea. And uh, I think that. Fingers crossed. I think he's going to be fit for this game. Do you know the um, other thing that I think, Chris, as well? And I, I, I think Tottenham played on Monday night. You played with nine men. Those guys put in a hell of a shift. Yeah, that yeah. takes a, a mental and physical toll on, yeah. on on them because that level of effort that they had to put in. You know, even if you're just five percent off it, those. But you said. You you said Dave, we're title contenders. We've got to we've got to be winning games like this. Well, this is why. I, yeah, absolutely. This is why I, I said I, I do think you're title. You got to, You can't not say Tottenham are not title contenders because you're second in the league and you would have been top if it wasn't for for what happened the weekend. But I do think it's on whether you how true a title contender you are will be depending on. I think you'll get a real, really good asset. I think this is an acid test because. True title tenders, when they've had this sort of result, when you've yeah. got some injuries and stuff, they still get a result. That's why I kind yes. of say it. And I think, I think you'll, I think you'll get top four for sure. I think you definitely will. But like, if you beat us at the weekend, I think you can really truly say you're definitely title contenders. If you get a draw, I still think that's still positive. If you lose the game, then maybe you're just going to fall a little bit short on the squad depth. We'll see. Dave, I know I said that was the last question, but I, I must ask you this. Um, in the summer, we were linked with Max Kilman a lot. How good is he? He's good. 
Max Kilman's very very good. Um, I mean, he's a he's a, he's a lad that came from Maidenhead from non-league. He's not many players have gone from non-league straight into the Premier League. He, obviously, we all know about the futsal thing uh, that he played England football. He's very good on the ball. He's good in the air. Um, you know, Wolves had a lot of faith to bring him in back in I think it was 2017 or 2018 or whenever it was that he came in. He signed a new five-year contract for Wolves um, because Wolves have been very loyal to him. He's captain of the club. He's, uh, to me, someone that really England should be looking at bringing him in because um, he, he, okay, his mom's Ukrainian, but he can't play for Ukraine. Do you know why? Because he played yeah. futsal for England. Right. So he can't play for Ukraine, but I mean, he, you know, he would, he, he is, he, otherwise he would qualify for Ukraine. Um, but like, he is, he's a good young player. He's 25, 26. He's just coming at the right age for a centre back. He's got Ballon Dawson and, alongside him. And Ballon Dawson, may I add, had Haaland in his pocket when he came to Molyneux. Even Haaland went up after the end of the game and gave him a high five and said, Well played, mate. And, Gary O'Neill played a very, very tactical game against Man City. And what he did was he man-marked Haaland uh, with, I think, Dawson. Kilman was the backup and Totti Gomez picked up um, Mason Mount. And then Kuna, I don't know, is it Kalajic or whatever? I can't think of the guy's name that was um, playing up the pitch. What's his name? Kovacic. Kuna man mark Kovacic to stop the, the thing. So I think Gary O'Neill will do will play a similar sort of tactic against Tottenham. I think he will have um a tactical plan to stop Tottenham's um like to stop Son and those players. I think it might be a similar sort of tactic. Uh, and to stop the playing out and trying to stifle you into giving the ball away and then we break. Whether it works or not we'll see. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a very entertaining game, Dave. And obviously, I hope that Spurs get the three points. You hope that Wolves are going to get the three points. You know, may the best team win on Saturday at Molyneux. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, our conversations are always over an hour long. Um, where can people find you on social media? And what are you up to at the moment? Um, yeah, so like just, uh, you know, always Wolves on, uh, you know, all the uh, all the socials and... Um, and then, obviously, you know, always Wolves fan TV on uh, here on YouTube. And if you check that out, you've got uh, you've got you'll if you watch our preview, you'll have a laugh. It's very different to Chris's preview. It's a bit more sort of like uh, my old man was on it today. Um, who's eighty six? He come and talks as well. So it, you know, we've, it's a different type of preview, but it's a fun one. Chris Chris sent a video, so you get his thoughts on there as well. And we will be doing. I'll be I'll be. Uh, Meeting up with Chris before the game uh, to shake his hand and uh, hopefully uh, shake your hand after the match as well, mate. And uh, we'll be doing our reaction after the game as well. But like, mate, and seriously, I, I, I always love uh, yeah getting together with you, top lad. And I'm really, really, really made up for you getting a hundred thousand subscribers. It's something that I can only dream of, dream of. But like, absolutely, congratulations on that. It's a massive milestone, mate. And maybe in ten years, I'll get there. I'm still trying to get to 32. So if there's any of you Spur fans that fancy a laugh, make sure you subscribe to us. You'll see the pain yeah. or the joy after the match on the weekend. 
Yeah, subscribing to Dave's channel indeed. And uh, I said to your dad last year, Dave, that I reckon that I could bring him up a Spurs shirt. And he, he kind of uh, winked at me. I, I'm, I'm sure he'll wear a Spurs shirt one day. <laughs> <laughs> as I say, as I say, my dad, I mean, give me my, my, my granddad that's passed away. He was a butler, right? And my nan was a chambermaid and they were in service. They met. They used to meet each other at the gates of Hyde Park. My granddad liked Tottenham. In the war, they moved up to Wolverhampton. So my dad went to watch Wolves and then he started taking me as a young lad. But he's always had the soft spot for Tottenham. And like, this is a true story. Last year, he wanted to go to an, eight, an away game. My dad's 86, right? He's 86 now. I lost my mum a couple of years, a couple, two or three months ago. So they've been together 66 years and it's been tough for him and tough for all of us losing my mum. But like, she loved the fact that I took him to uh, an away game last year um, and we went to Tottenham and he enjoyed he enjoyed the game, enjoyed going there. And, um, you know, so like, this is why I'm saying, with sincerely, I do wish Tottenham and Tottenham fans well, because like, as I say, my, my granddad was a Tottenham fan. And my dad's always had a soft spot. And because of my dad, I've got a soft spot for Tottenham as well. So I do wish you all the best. Well, Dave, really looking forward to seeing you and your dad uh, and the rest of the family on Saturday. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you don't subscribe to this channel, please do hit that subscribe button. Also head over to Dave's channel, subscribe to his channel as well. And uh, hopefully... We will be smiling Saturday afternoon. We will be live straight after the game uh, to talk um, about, hopefully, a Tottenham Hotspur win. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.